0: If you are looking to become a better leader in the outdoor adventure world, in the business world, or both, this is the Leading Steep podcast. I'm Barry Cruz. In this podcast, I'm speaking with some of the leaders and adventure guides I admire most from around the world. I'll try and ask them the same questions you would, and I hope they'll share stories and practical ideas that we can all use to become better leaders. Welcome to the Leading Steep podcast. In this episode of the Leading Steep podcast, I thought you might enjoy hearing a little bit about the background for this project, about me, about the name, about the people I'm going to interview, and about how we can engage together. My name is Barry Cruz, and I was raised in the San Francisco Bay Area in a little town called Alameda. My dad was a school teacher in Alameda during the wintertime, and then he was a park ranger at Mount Rainier in Washington during the summertime, so every summer we'd leave the city and drive 800 miles north of the mountains. And that's where I got my real interest in outdoor adventure. This will sound funny, but as a kid, I spent a lot of time skipping rocks and exploring in the woods, doing some backpacking, doing a lot of hiking, a little bit of rock climbing, and a whole lot of fly fishing. So I taught myself many of these things, and this is what had me interested in the outdoors from a very young age. Later in life, I was a team sports athlete. I played baseball and football in high school, and when that athletic career ended, I went to college in Northern California at California State University, Chico, Chico State. In my post-team sports life, I got back into the outdoors. I took a class at Cal Berkeley on rock climbing, and at Chico State, I started teaching rock climbing classes myself. I got lucky enough to teach a really terrific guy named Todd Demarest how to climb, and he made a special deal with me saying, if you take me climbing more often, I'll take you whitewater rafting. Now, I had never been whitewater rafting, but the first time I went was to guide school, and it was an amazing and enlightening experience. I fell in love with it right then and there, especially for the fact that I wasn't a really terrific mountain climber or rock climber, but felt very, very comfortable in the back of a raft. There were lots of things that I loved about it, I love being outdoors. I love the action and adventure on the river. I liked leading people. I liked yelling. I like paddling. I like seeing really unique and wonderful places. And so there was just nothing about rafting that I did not love. And at 19 years old, I spent my summer at Camp Lotus in Northern California, just east of Sacramento, guiding rafting trips all summer. Just class three on the South Fork of the American, but I was hooked. After my first season rafting, and in my second year of college, a buddy of mine, Eric Martin, and I bought a raft together. That whitewater raft was one of the first, quote, self-bailers. It was called a SOTAR, an acronym standing for state-of-the-art raft. And it allowed folks to do things they'd never done in a whitewater raft. Self-bailing rafts were what camlocks were to rock climbing, or plastic kayaks were to whitewater boating, and shaped skis were to skiing. It was a radical difference, and we could suddenly start to run Class 5 Whitewater that no one had ever been able to run in a bucket boat. So Eric and I and a number of friends really started to expand our capabilities and really started to learn more about this sport that was still really in its kind of early days. Me and some of my buddies started running a bunch of Class 5 Whitewater that we had no business running, but we were getting really good really quickly, and we were learning a lot. Think of the heyday or think of the evolution of almost any sport you can imagine, and that's where we were at the dawn of the self-bailing era. It was exciting. We were going places that no one had gone in a raft, and we were seeing things we'd never seen before. Our learning curve was steep, and we made a lot of mistakes. But nevertheless, we learned how to lead, we learned how to be better adventurers, and it was an amazing time. Nevertheless, the thing we're focused on here is leadership. And so over time, I learned so much about leading people as a Whitewater guide. There's so much to it. There's so much to understand to be a great guide. You have to learn to deal with people. You have to learn how to be a great communicator. You have to be decisive, understand unexpected situations, deal with emergency situations, deal with emotions, deal with other guides, deal with logistics and plans. As you can see, there's so much to understand to be a great whitewater guide. It doesn't seem all that complicated, but believe you me, it's a 24-hour job when you're guiding a whitewater trip. I loved rafting so much that I ended up skipping my third year of college and going to New Zealand and guiding down there, as many guides do, guide internationally around the world. But I was really hooked, and the things I learned were helping me to evolve as a young man and helping me to understand how to be a leader. It was great to meet fascinating people from around the world, including all the kind of professions you could imagine, doctors and lawyers and firefighters and nurses and all kinds of wonderful people who taught me a lot about being a leader and who taught me a lot about dealing with people. Now, river guides and many other types of guides take many different paths once they begin their guiding career. Some are full-time guides and do a circuit where they guide around the world. It's South America in the wintertime or Africa in the wintertime and then back to the United States for the summertime and guiding here. There are so many wonderful places around the world that you can become a guide from Norway to New Zealand and anywhere in between. But I chose a different path. I liked my city life almost as much as I liked my outdoor adventure life. And so after college, I migrated mostly out of the whitewater world and into the white collar world and took a corporate job. And you know, I've never been unhappy about that. I've always enjoyed my career and I've still always had the chance to guide whitewater trips even on weekends when I wanted to. And for me, that provides a great balance. For me, that's very fulfilling. I like working in the corporate world, I like traveling the world, and I still love whitewater rafting. It's still a big part of my life and my family's life today. Now, I also have friends who have been full-time guides or even become outfitters and own their own companies after many years, and I admire these folks. They're doing amazing things. Some of these folks guide or have companies in South America or Africa or Canada or Alaska, And I sometimes find myself mildly jealous that they're getting outdoors all the time. But again, that's not the mix that works well for me. And for me and my family, I like what we have now. I still feel like there are so many things to learn from folks who are full-time guides. And I'm talking about not just whitewater guides. I'm talking about climbing guides and cycling guides, fishing guides. Anyone who really guides in the adventure space is of interest to me and someone I feel like I can learn from based on all the things that I learned as a guide as well. So that's a nice segue in talking about how this project came about. You know, Many years ago in the business world, I started to recognize that the things I had learned as a Whitewater guide applied really well in the business space as well, that you need to communicate very clearly, that you need to give distinct instructions, that you need to be emotionally intelligent. You need to understand that people have different paths and different capabilities. It just became impossible not to notice that there were so many things I had learned as a Whitewater guide that had near total overlay in the corporate world. And so I started to write a list of these anecdotes and these stories and these lessons learned. And it's taken me some years to really document many of those. And I'm going to share those with you in the book and in the course of this podcast But I'd also discovered that there were so many other wonderful guys to learn things from as well. There are so many people who have such incredible experience in the outdoor space that, again, applies so well, so beautifully in the corporate world that I'm really looking forward to getting to meet these people. And that's how I came to decide to write this book and to do this podcast for you because I find these people fascinating, and I hope you will too. So let me talk a little bit about the name Leading Steep. When I think of the people I admire most in the adventure space, I think about the guides. I'm talking about the folks who lead the most challenging climbs, who pursue the most elusive fish, who lead cycling trips in some of the world's most extraordinary places or safaris that deliver amazing experiences for people. I'm talking about guides in almost all adventure sports. These are the folks that I really appreciate and admire. And you might be surprised to know that even as a guide myself, I hire guides. I hire guides to go fishing. I hire guides to take me climbing. I appreciate a great guide and I love learning from them as a guide myself and as a business leader. And so that's really where this project comes from. The Leading Steep name and the Leading Steep project comes from the ambition to learn from these amazing and wonderful people. A guide can make or break your adventure experience. Remember the last time you were on an adventure and had a Lackluster, less enthusiastic guide, and how that would affect the entire experience no matter where you are. This has happened to me before, and it's always been my ambition. As a whitewater guide, I always aspired to be the world's best. Of course, it's impossible to be, and there are so many amazing guides around the world that I can't possibly compete, but that was my aspiration. And as a business leader, the same. Every time I take on a new staff member or a new team, I tell them my ambition is to be the best boss I can be for you, the best boss you've really ever had. And so that's my ambition here, is to learn to be an even better boss, an even better leader. All of this involves things like emotional intelligence or EQ. It involves empathy. It involves authenticity. These are all the most common words happening in the leadership space right now. And I think you'll find over the course of these podcasts, and I hope in my book, that these are extraordinary people who have things to share with us. So that's a little background about the Leading Steep podcast. I hope I've enticed you to continue to listen, and I hope you'll enjoy getting to know some of these incredible people that I'm interviewing. I can't wait to share them with you because there are so many great things to learn from these folks. And further, I hope you'll take the opportunity to look these folks up and go on a guided adventure with them there's a reason they stand out as extraordinary guides and reasons they have great reputations in this business. So I highly encourage you to take advantage of getting to know and getting to meet some of these people. I hope you'll take the opportunity to engage with me online. The best place to start is leadingsteep.com, but you can also find me on social media as well. And I hope you'll reach out to share with me ideas for other guides I should be interviewing or suggestions about things we should chat about. I hope you'll consider subscribing to the Leading Steep podcast. I feel really confident you're gonna enjoy the guests and hear some fascinating stories from some amazing adventurers and adventure guides from around the world. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Barry Cruz. This is the Leading Steep podcast.